Do you see yourself as a hero? No, no. I, I was. I had the opportunity to be in that place to be able to help people, and I think that's that's the way I see myself. Is I I had I was given that opportunity um, to be part of something bigger than myself, and I think that's I think that's the way a lot of first responders, military, see themselves. Is they don't you know hero is such a it's used for Avengers, <laughs> it's, right. it's more Marvel comics. It's not. It's not, you know, we're human beings and um, what we're asked to do is something that is outside the realm of what a lot of humans would want to do or maybe that they can do. And so from my perspective, I was given this opportunity and this is how I have to live my life and how I have to leave that legacy of being able to be um, an advocate for either impacting lives or, or saving them. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I'm a legendary leader in healing, claimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz. All you Midwest peeps, you're going to love this episode. Well, everybody will, but you know, and I got a lot of Midwest peeps because I'm from the Midwest. Rob Verhelst is on, Fireman Rob, aka Fireman Rob. Uh, This is a really great episode. So Fireman Rob is known as a dynamic storyteller with an inspirational voice on the courage to lead your life. He helps people become greater assets to themselves and others with the ability to lead with courage, passion, and mental strength. As a keynote speaker and breakout facilitator, Fireman Rob engages audiences from corporate clients to high school students. He delivers powerful impact to your audience through his stories and catalysts that have been forged in the fires of his life. From numerous years in the fire service to surviving on Discovery Channel's show Ultimate Ninja Challenge to performing performing search and recovery after the September 11th attacks, his message resonates with everyone and has proven results. From surviving post-traumatic stress disorder to breaking a Guinness World Record to being a dad, he lives his message and delivers the fire to the audience. Now, Rob... I love this episode because it's real, it's true, it's raw, and he walks, he doesn't just talk it, like he walks what he preaches. And I love good people like that. Um, it's just, it's it's refreshing, right? So go grab your journal. You're going to learn a lot in this. Share it with those people that also need a little bit of like, mm, right? To like that courage, that strength. They need a little message to help move them forward as well. Before we turn this over to Fireman Rob and myself, I'd like to remind you that we do have a retreat coming up this summer. Actually, too, we have Alaska, where we will be, where we will be kayaking next to glaciers. Uh, so if that interests you, please reach out and let's get you in. And then we have another one with Florence Williams and I. Florence Williams and I did this last year, and it was just amazing. It's a group of women, about 12 women. We are going to be staying in this insane retreat center together high up in the San Juan Mountains outside of Telluride, three nights, four days. It is all-inclusive and it is amazing. Florence Florence does forest bathing. I will be doing coaching, uh, though some of it we'll be doing together as well, obviously. This place is, is just... It's a space for you to find clarity, to gather strength, community with one another, mirror one another through story, and to learn a lot about yourself and how you want to move forward in your life. We need to have that space. We need to have that time. And this is uh, this is it. It's an incredible, incredible opportunity. So if you're interested, please message me and let's get you in. Uh, other than that, if you are also looking for a speaker, I am now doing speaking engagements. Super excited, excited about these. They're just... My, my calendar, I've got them booked. And so if you are looking for somebody to talk on resilience, uh, personal leadership, 
really diving into how we can heal, grow. It's not only about healing, though. It's about how can we grow from our strengths, our, or how can we grow from our setbacks, our challenges, and really find our strength in those times that can be very difficult. And um, these are for anybody. I am super excited about bringing this message to the forefront for all. Think Grand Canyon on a larger scale with everybody uh, out there that could possibly learn and um, grow through these experiences and these words that we are creating. And I'm really, really excited about it. As you can tell, like it's my passion, it's my purpose, it's my gift, and I'm here to serve. So if you're interested, please message me and I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you about what is possible in creating this together. I love you. Um, Thank you for being here. Again, share this with your people. Go, please subscribe, rate, review. Let's get it out there. Tag me and I will reshare on my social media and let's, let's keep rippling together. I love you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Here is Fireman Rob. Ooh, this is so good. Hello there, Fireman Rob. Hello. Hello, jam session. I Um, love it. I was on your podcast not too long ago, so if anybody has not listened to it, go listen to that. Because that was a fun. <laughs> That'd be a good episode. idea. It'd be a great idea. We we yeah. we both highly suggest it. Yep. Uh, oh, the yeah. funny thing is, though, is that how how we met. You found me on LinkedIn, and then I sent you a message. I think I texted you. I don't remember. Whatever it was, we ended up realizing that you're in Madison. No, you sent me your phone number. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. You got the six oh eight. Yeah, and I was like six oh eight. That's back where I grew up. I'm like, are you in Madison? You're like, yeah. And I said, oh my God, I grew up in Black Earth. And so two great minds. Now we're on small world. Small world. Such a small (laughs) world. I love how this happens. The power of connection. Like, like let's start there, actually, because we're going to be diving into resiliency, PTSD. I want you to share about your story because it's really inspiring and very empowering (laughs) for all of those people that have been living through anything difficult. and leadership. Like, I think that leadership yeah. is such a huge thing for us to talk about these days. Oh, by far. So, uh, welcome to the show. That's so good to be on here. So, let's dive into your story and a little bit yeah. about you and um, who you are. Yeah. So, uh, I've been a fireman for the city of Madison uh, since 2000. Uh, I actually did uh, search and recovery at September 11th. Um, I was there with a rescue team that I was a part of. Um, at age 23, that was something that was really changed my life, changed the trajectory of my life. I've been, let's see, gosh, I played college basketball. I played college water polo. I've done, I've done a lot of things. I was in the United States Air Force. I was a medic in the Air Force. Um, gosh, I, I've been speaking since 2011 now. Wow. That seems like forever ago now. (laughs) Yesterday. No, it was yesterday. Come on. Terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And so I, you know, I have a podcast, I have a family, I have three kids, uh, a wife that uh, puts up with uh, everything that I am and, and I want to be, uh, which is amazing. And, um, you know, I, I, I do have a Guinness World Record hanging on my wall. Wow. That's amazing. How the heck? Oh, wait, I just got to back up for a second. How the heck do you play college basketball and water polo both? So I actually played uh, basketball first and then I kind of got... I got sick of it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't loving it. And so then I transferred to the university of Wisconsin and played water polo there. Wait, what? Wait, university of Wisconsin. Madison. Yeah. So I actually went to Edgewood college and played basketball division three. And then I was like, "Ah, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And so I transferred to the university of Wisconsin and played water polo. Wait, Madison has a water polo team. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm totally thrown off here. I, I went to Madison. I did not know that Madison had a water polo team. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, that's going to take out my, I, we used to tease my son and say, you should go to Madison and start a water polo team. I had no idea because he's at USC. He could, he could be on the water polo. He could team. be, he could like be on the, there's already a water yeah. polo team. Yeah. And Wait I actually started like, the first I, masters water polo team what? Uh, in, yeah, in Madison. So then it's actually still going. I don't do it anymore. I have uh, my body's just a little wrecked, but um, yeah, I started it. We had like, it was funny. The first practice, there was like five people there. And so we're doing drills and everything. And I was like, oh, this could be r- brutal. But I mean, eventually it caught on and and it's it's pretty awesome. I kept getting calls from 
um because it was listed on the water polo page i I get calls from all over the country and say hey would you allow my son he he's going to be back in wisconsin can he play with in the summer with you guys i was like oh sure why not oh my (laughs) that's crazy yeah that's pretty cool i'm seriously going to get off this podcast and send him a text and be like dude you didn't even have to start a water polo team at madison they already had one yeah yeah actually actually a second place with the Long Beach Police and Fire up in uh, Quebec for the World Police and Fire Games. We actually, we lost to Canada in the final game, but uh, yeah, we got second place. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I like to do a wow. little bit of everything. Jeez. There's, there's, <laughs> you're always finding stuff out. That's the, that's like, that's yeah. the thing is that I'm always finding different things out that I had no, and how many things that we learn a day that we had no idea about. And I was like, what? That's super cool. All right. So dive in. Let's talk about, so you went to, you were at Mm 9-11 and tell us a little bit about that experience. That day was tragic, obviously. Not only, I mean, it was tragic across the world. There was, I I remember that day I was actually holding my son at the time. Um, He was born June 3rd. And I remember sitting on my bed thinking to myself, what the hell did I do bringing a child into this world when there's all of this going on? Right. Yeah, it was devastating. Just yeah, devastating. It, everybody everybody has a, a a remembrance of it, and it, it yeah. was it really hit me the first time the kids brought home their history book, and it was in the history book, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is a little trippy. This is weird. Um, wow. But yeah, I mean, at at twenty three, I was so I got out there the second day, the um, two days after the towers fell, and uh, I had to drive out there because there's no planes that were going anywhere. And so I drove out there and, you know, got there and just started working on the pile. Um, got You get put in different sections of the pile um, each day. And, you know, pretty much most of the days you spent the whole day on the on the pile and you'd sleep when you could, like in your area. And um, it was not, it was not something I ever um, thought I'd do or thought I'd be able to experience. And so many years it took me many many years to really start to process it yeah that was that was the hard thing it's like you know um i have stories that i tell about it i still uh keep a lot of it close to my close to my chest because it's just it's just stuff that you know it's things that i have to carry with me the rest of my life that that is what it is and i know a lot of people can probably relate to that where you have a lot of people that say, oh, you can get through it. You can get past it. You can, you can leave it behind. And it's like, that's crap. That's yeah. crap. I'm sorry. It is crap. It's crap. That's crap. Yeah. Um, because it is part of your life and, you know, you can learn to deal with it and live with it. And that's what I've kind of dealt with and brought the positives out of what I remember from, from my experiences on, on the pilot um, after September 11th. And, one of the biggest things that I remember is how people came together. There was steel worker, there's their iron workers, there was um, electric workers, there was uh, FEMA teams from all over, there was uh, fire department members, there was, you know, chaplain, all sorts of people that worked together in unison. And, you know, you had the American Red Cross workers and you had, uh, I remember that we got these lunches. Um, you could go off the pile and they'd have these sack lunches that are ready for you. And, um, kids from local schools who uh, had written cards, and I actually uh, donated my card. That was one of the hardest days. I, I gave up a lot of my um, memorabilia that I had um, from that day that reminded me of it, and kind of helped to center me sometimes. But I I gave it up to the museum, um, and it was a hard day. But it was one of those things where it's like I can't just hold on to this stuff. It has to be something that's a learning point, and one of those things was one of those cards, and. Um, but it was it was powerful to have those experiences and um you know you talk about resilience and like i didn't know what the hell that was right, <laughs> a right. lot of times we have resilience and we don't know what it is and until you can truly identify it um sometimes it's just stubbornness <laughs> <laughs> i may or may not have been called stubborn a few times in my life yeah. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, there it goes. There it goes. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things here. So you receive this card from a child. I'm just... yeah, it was in the it was in the sack lunch. You'd open up sack lunch and there's wow. a there's a card in there saying thank you and it was hand drawn and everything like that. And pretty cool, pretty cool um 
opportunity. Well, and I think that the beautiful, I'm all about like the, the, I'm all about the moments as we right. all know, right. The little things, the, yeah. gift, the, the, the um, gifts of kindness that we can give to one another. There you go. And to think that there was a child that drew that took the time and the energy and then sent it to you, you landed in your hands. And now it's landed in the museum for other people to see. Right. That's the ripple right there. And you just wonder, you know, I, I always, my mind always goes to like, I wonder where that kid is now. Yeah. I wonder if that kid remembers even making that in class. And it's yeah. it's just one of those things where you just go, there's so many different factors that run through your brain from those kind of events because they're so impactful and they sit in your brain. And no matter how hard, it's not that I'm not trying to forget the bad parts. It's right. just that my brain just doesn't allow me to to do that because it's part of who I am. It's part of how I continue to move forward. What are, can you give, there's two things I want to ask. First of all, what can you give mm -hmm. a story or two from that day or from that time that you were working there, something that impacted you and how it impacted you. And then I really want to dive into this resilience piece. And what are some of the things that one of the tools, so what are some of the tools that have helped you become so resilient? Like right. for me, it's forgiveness has become an incredibly important tool in my resilience journey. That said, uh that's a hard one to forgive <laughs> right oh by far I'm, like... gonna, I'm gonna show you here i, I just found it I, it's it's um this oh, is what wow. the outside of the card looked like the american flag the two yeah and then and then wow. on the inside it was uh, so mary anderson was the wow and what a beautiful message that can you read the message do you mind reading the message yeah um it says thank you for everything that you are doing to help out um <laughs> And don't do this. <laughs> Welcome. Right, it's hard to read it. Yeah. So um, I'm praying for you all um, mm -hmm. every day, and I wish I could be there helping you. Um, God bless you, um, from Mary Anderson. So oh. it's um, and it's titled "Dear Heroes." Wow. So it's it's one of those things where yeah, I haven't read it in a long time. So <laughs> well, thank you for doing uh, that. Yeah, it's it's still tough. I mean, you think tough. about it, it was 2001. Yeah. Now it's 2023 and it's it just still, yeah, it still hits you. It still hits you. Do you see yourself as a hero? No, no. I, I was, I had the opportunity to be in that place to be able to help people. And I think that's, that's the way I see myself is I, I had, I was given the opportunity um, to be part of something bigger than myself. And I think that's, I think that's the way a lot of first responders, military see themselves as they don't, you know, hero is such a, it's used for Avengers. <laughs> it's, right. it's more Marvel comics. It's not, it's not, you know, we're human beings and um, what we're asked to do is something that is outside the realm of what a lot of humans would want to do, or maybe that they can do. And so from my perspective, I was given this opportunity and this is how I have to live my life and how I have to leave that legacy of being able to be, um, an advocate for either impacting lives or, or saving them. Well, I think you, so I just read something about legacy and how so many of us talk about, we want to leave our legacy. I would say that you are living in your legacy, right? Yeah. Like that's that's a good, doing. that's a great point. Yes. You're living in your legacy. I mean, otherwise it's like you can leave a legacy at the very last end part point of your life. But what have you done in that entire journey up until that point? Right. That's so true. And and my dad, my dad passed with cancer in 2019. He was my hero. He was uh, my basketball coach in, in high school. I mean, wow. while I went for all the um, races, he was always there. He was always walking with me. And and it was one of those things where he, he said, control the control. He had so many great quotes. And it was one of those things he said, control the controllables. And, you know, it's so true in the fact that especially I use that with my um, PTSD, anxiety and depression, all that stuff is that, you know, you have to look at a situation and go, is this something that is beyond what I can actually handle? Or is this something that I can actually control and put into um, a tangible, productive uh, daily habit or, or or something that I can actually um, maintain? And, and a lot of people that have mental health issues, uh, a lot of things are out of our control. Right. But the thing, you know, I would say, you know, um, uh, that 
anything that you have, anything that happens to you, it's inevitable that you're going to have bad things that happen to you, right? right? But it's how you manage them that that is the part that you can control. And I think that's the biggest thing from that quote of control the controllables. What can I manage? Right. You know, I can't control when thoughts come into my head. You know, I still get anytime I concrete dust is is a trigger for me still to this day. Really? I want to dive into that so with some of the stories that and yeah. how you've used them. I do also want to point out that everybody's journey and how they control the controllables is different. Completely. Right. And so, Completely. you know, people look at me and they say, well, how do you do like, how, how do you, right. I'm a, I'm use the blueprint. Don't use all the blueprint because you shouldn't use all the blueprint because the blueprint is not, this is my blueprint. You got to create your own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, like you wouldn't want a house that's built exactly like mine. Even if you come in and you're like, wow, this is really beautiful. I want this. You wouldn't want exactly what I have. And so create what is working and workable for yourself. Right. It's that great analogy of, I mean, you're from Wisconsin, so you know. So when you go down to Florida um, and you say, oh, is there a basement on this house? Everybody looks at you like, what, what, what are you, stupid? Do you not understand? There's no basements. It's the same thing, you know, up in Wisconsin, we have basements. Mm-hmm. That is, that's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And and so it's the same thing when you when you think about your mental framework, when you think about your mentally strong ideals, is that none of those are crafted the same way because the environments that we're in are different. The way that we were growing up, that we grew up was different. The the ability for us to um pursue knowledge, to pursue experiential knowledge is different. And so that's, you know, it's no different than having a basement or not basement. <laughs> it's, right, it's, right. You have to know where you're at to be able to be who you want to be. The foundation is always different wherever oh, you go in every situation. I was I was having this conversation with somebody this morning. We were talking about traumas, big T traumas, little T traumas, and mm-hmm. and us as humans also being able to recognize other people's traumas. And if they have the big T or little T traumas, and here's the here's the thing that I do want to recognize. I'm going to commend you. You are an incredible man. Okay. And so please receive There's this. There's days. There's days. <laughs> Listen, we all have days. Okay. The difference is that here's the difference. The people that want humans that want to work on themselves. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Humans that want to be able to say, yes, I've gone through this. I've walked through this. I've felt this. I've experienced this. What am I going to do with it? Versus the, I'm going to stay in the victim mode and blame everybody else in this world and not take responsibility and accountability for my actions during, right? Like pre, Mm -hmm. during, and post. How can I use this to better myself and thus better the world? There's a Living through traumas is like, okay, we're all going to have them. I mean- You can't escape that. Like sometimes nope. we're put in situations like you were at such a young age that really has become the foundation, your own foundation for what you're doing today, which is creating right. high impact in this world. Right. And I, and I think, I mean, you you make a great point is like uh, we call it in the, well, for the programs that I'm doing, you call it trauma competition. Yeah. And too often. Trauma competition. It's terrible. <laughs> It My trauma is a, bigger than your trauma. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> and that's deadly. That's deadly, deadly when you think about it, because so many people will not speak about their trauma. So uh, when I've went to a lot of different high schools and and I've been able to speak and I I talk about um, I'm very open about my um, my PTSD and how you know I was I was a jackass for a long time. I was really I was I didn't have I, I didn't have the opportunity. And it wasn't that I was always out in public like that, but I, I just, right. I didn't think about other people. I had no empathy. I had no empathy for anything um, because I was like, if I'm struggling I, and now you have a broken toenail, oh, go, oh my gosh, you know, let's call the, let's call the surgeon and get him in here. You know, it was, it was one of those things where, and I didn't identify it and I didn't own it. I didn't do anything to make it better. It was just, I was pretty much sitting there going, I have the worst trauma. And I don't care what else you, what everybody else is saying. I don't right. care what what you think. And so trauma competition can be so deadly in that either you're thinking like I was, where it's like I'm I'm struggling. I can't help you. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Right. Or you think about it from the perspective of somebody 
maybe they went through a trauma that doesn't even equate to 9-11 or that kind of uh, um, level. They go, well, I'm not going to tell, tell anybody this. This is, this is, this is, they're going to think this is, I'm a whiner. They're right. going to think this is not enough. And yeah. so you have those two converse sides of that trauma competition. And, you know, it'll lead to that major depression. It'll lead to that thing of, I, I, I can't go anymore. And it's sad. It's very sad. Yeah. 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 That's a fascinating uh, two part space right like yeah. you yeah. mine's bigger than yours or oh. i mine's not big enough oh. to even talk about yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's and that's the hard thing I, I love how you said that everybody's journey is different because that is so true and i think anybody who sits out there and says that i have the best way of figuring this out is a is a Don't load of crap to them yeah they're a load of crap they're a load, load of crap. crap they're trying to they're trying to tell you that the only way to do thing is that is this way you know, why do you think there's so many and you're a hiker, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How, how many how many different paths do they have? Are, are there a lot of ones that are like paved on the on the roads that you go down? <laughs> and any of them? No, no, I, I, there's no. <laughs> yeah. I there's don't know. Like, no good ones, no. actually. Like, here's no. the deal is that I look at it. I mean, I don't even my favorite thing to do is to blaze my own trail to use waypoints right. to not. Yes have a trail like that's my favorite thing to do put me in the in the highest peaks in the sierra nevada mountains with uh waypoints and i'm stoked because i get to create my own like that's the fun and you know you trip you fall you hurt yourself sometimes maybe your pack goes flying down the mountain 600 feet may or may not life welcome (laughs) to life (laughs) hey listen i found the bourbon that fell out of the pack and that was yeah yeah, it mattered i lost it but i found it again so (laughs) it's like yeah you know and that's and and i mean honestly then those are the celebrations right it's like look at we made it down the mountain okay my pack took a little different version of getting down the mountain than i did lost bourbon for a little bit found it wow how cool is this like yeah it's another story in your life. And I think it's that's, you know, that's what all everybody attaches to more of like, you know, would you rather hear a story about uh, me hiking up a path that was paved? Like yeah. I made that up this path. It was so awesome. It had railings. I made it all the way up to the top. And then guess what? I turned around and went down the same path all the way down to the bottom. You learn a lot fun? about yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing. You know, you sit there and you go, okay great you could you could have tripped that would have been terrible you know i mean that's that's the stuff that just that kills me because you know when you think about mortality and i think a lot of people hate thinking about their own mortality and you know i most of my life i've i've thought about it it doesn't scare me you know that's funny i have too Mm -hmm. that's really interesting yeah Yeah, i thought about it and you just live you know, it was terrible when my when my dad passed. It was that mortality, like it smacked me in the face. It was like I thought you think everybody's going to be around you forever, and right? You, you need that that support and that dynamic um, person in your life. And when that stopped, you're just like, okay, what what what's going on here? You right. Know, what is what is the purpose? And that's right. that's a whole I've went down a few times. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I think a lot of people uh, do that. And the why is always, you know, go back to the stories of, you know, like my with my dad, like, what were the great times? Like, right. what were the opportunities that he gave me that I didn't think I had? Or what was the opportunities to just be together? Um, and then you start to realize that, you know, every single day, you know, yes, do I sleep in? Hell yeah, <laughs> I hate mornings. But Every single minute that you have is something that that is um, valuable, and whether you take advantage of it or not is is your choice and your decision. Yeah. Give us a story from an impactful story from when you were working down on that pile. Yeah, um, one of the days that you know you get so tired, and a lot of the stuff is just it kind of blends in my head and. Um, one of the days I walked off the pile and this was, uh, super impactful. I was in my jumpsuit and I just walked off and I just needed, I needed a freaking break. I needed to sit around. And so I went about two blocks off the, off of the, uh, outside of the, um, the lines that they had. And 
sat down in the corner and just sat against the building and just kind of like just sat there. And a lady came up to me and she had like those cooked uh, chickens, you know, like the the rotisserie ones that you right. get. And she had two of them in her hand. She she came up to me and I had I had all my garb on and my helmet. I just was so tired. I didn't do anything. She, and she handed me one of those and she says, um, I, I, I don't have a lot of money, but I just want to I want to be a part of this. I want to I want to help in whatever way I can. Um, she handed it to me and I, I didn't say anything at first. And she started to walk away and she was crossing the street. And and I, I just yelled. I said, thank you so much. Thank you. so Thank you so much. And I wasn't really hungry. I mean, it was it was one of those things, but it was just it, it took me a while to process what the heck was going on and and what this meant to other people. I was 23 years old. I was I was not smart. I I, was, I didn't have that that kind of capacity to understand. And that that moment still resonates in my head because you think about just everybody and their situations of where they were, what they were thinking, what was going to happen in life. There were so many unknowns that um, for that lady to take that opportunity, that that was a huge opportunity for her. But conversely, as she's just walking away after giving it to me, she wasn't looking for anything in return. Yeah. And you think about that from a perspective of that kind of a traumatic situation. And it's like, wow, that's 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 what that brought about. And it sucks that it has to be something like that, something that devastating for us to see what the true power of humanity is, that we're not, we're not numbers, names, cultures, races, it doesn't really freaking matter. It's like when you, when you look at what happened that day, and you look at what happened post that the the military, to be able to stabilize what we stabilized. um, It was people that did it. Mm-hmm. Those people, and and that's what you have to look at at the end of the day. I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, whatever, but it it was. I experienced it. I was in there, and that's what it was. It was not. We were looking for a common purpose of humanity, of of making it right to live again. I always say it's through our differences that we find our similarities. Right, and we're not all that different. That's the, that's the that's interesting. The thing. Thing. It's environments, and I it, think that's that's what it comes down to. It is. It is. You're right. And, you know, the other thing I I remember sitting, that story reminds me of me sitting in my car when I was in PTSD and trauma after everything happened. And I was, I pulled over, I was on the, I was driving and I pulled over into a parking lot because I was crying so hard. I couldn't see straight. And I literally pulled into this empty parking lot. I remember exactly where I was. There was a tree in front of me. And the curb right, right in front. I'm sure right. you can relate oh, to yeah. this, right? Oh, you yeah. Got all the details. And this lady pulled up, I don't know, probably five or six um, stalls next to me, right? Like, yeah. and she walked over and she knocked on my window and I rolled down my window and she did not speak very well, in very good English, but she looked at me and said, I am going to pray for you. Wow. Yeah. And she said, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm sorry. And I'm going to pray for you. And it just impacted. I don't know if I've, I I don't even know if I've shared this before, but it impacted that story, that moment of human compassion, seeing another human, not knowing who they are, not caring who they are, just saying, look, you're in a deep place, a very dark space right now. And I am so sorry. And Whatever I can do through the power of prayer or through a chicken, truly, like here's your food, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's that moment that can really carry us. And I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget that moment. And all I said was, thank you. Thank you. Yes. And thank you. She didn't ask. Mm -hmm. She didn't expect anything. No, she didn't want a thank you card. She didn't want anything else. It was just, it was just a moment. And And I think everybody has that in them. I think I think I, I want to be optimistic and say I think everybody has that in them. I, I think, do too. I believe that. Oh yeah. I think the 100%. problem is that there's too many demons in some people or too much um hurt uh yes. to allow it out. And and like I told that story before of like when I was not able to give any empathy whatsoever, I can understand that. Yeah. And it's not easy, it's not, not an easy hole to get out of. No, all. it's not. And it's a beautiful hole to get out of. 
Right. Because it takes humility. It does take humility. It does take humility. That's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. You got to set aside that ego. You got to set aside. And, and, you know, and I talk about this when it comes to resiliency, and I'd love your thoughts on this. I, I believe I've seen that so many people get, they feed their own ego by staying in that victim space. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, I, you know, well, this happened to me and I'm, and and it literally becomes the power of their demons within it's those demons within that drive them. And so, and that space staying in that victim space is literally what drives them. If it's narcissism, if it's whatever it is, you know, they, um, and I, and I, that's the beauty though, of really setting everything aside and saying, okay, I'm going to take care of this, which is how we started this. And I think, I think at the same point, like it's a great point that you made. And it's one of those things where I think people fear of, okay, if I heal myself, right. And I don't like using the word heal. If I, if I get better yeah, or if, if I become successful after, you know, after doing this, what the hell's going to happen? Right. <laughs> There's that fear. It's like I know where I'm at. If I'm yeah. if I'm angry, if I'm I'm feeling this, I'm, I'm I know what my day is going to bring to me, right? And I'm okay with that because that is who I am. Right. But is it who you are? Are well, you willing to do that? I mean, that's like let's let that that's the patterns even of toxic relationships, right? Like right. you, yeah. there are people who know how to do toxic, and so mm-hmm. for them to do healthy feels unsafe. It's like I don't I don't know what that right. is. What's and the so Right. What's the outcome of that? Like, hello. And so I love that. I love, I love how you brought that up because it's true in other areas of our life as well. It's like, where do you feel unsafe? And guess what? That might actually be what is healthy for you is that space because you've never experienced it before. Right. I mean, it's, it's a a good example of that for me is like my speaking. So I've, I've, I've been blessed to be able to speak a, a ton, um, over the, over the many, or the, you know, almost a decade that I've been speaking. Um, but I've really limited myself because I have been, I've been nervous of to success. You know, it's one of those things. It's like my, my stories, everything that I talk about is very personal because mm-hmm. it's, it's my life, you know, it's my screw ups, my, my, uh, you know, moderate successes that I have to dust on the wall, um, and, and things like that. And, and so you sit there and you, you know, you try to send out emails on, on sales, right. Yeah. I'm trying to sell yourself to other people say, I'd love to come in and impact lives. And, and I love when I do it, you know, I get nervous going up to it because I'm, I'm being vulnerable to a, a whole new group of people about my stories. But when I get up there, it's something that I love, love, love to do. And then I go, why the hell am I holding myself back? Mm. And it's that time and effort. And it's no different from anything that we uh, talk about in life is is time and effort. What do you, what do you value your time as? And what do you want to do with your time to be a better person? Right. The best person for not only yourself, and that's not being selfish. That's just being normal human being. Because if I can't be, if I can't show up for myself, if I can't be in my best self, how the hell am I going to show up for anybody else? Right. right. And it's effort, like the effort, you know, this is from the beginning of time, you know, like if you, when you're a kid and you're just learning how to walk, it's like, well, you got to put in the effort to get up there, kid. You know, if you, if you want to learn to potty train, well, you got to put in the effort to do it. Right. Same thing goes for as you're, as you're older. It's, you know, I look at it from a perspective of now for myself, as I get older and just having a knee replacement and trying to get back into the fire service and all this stuff. And I go, I'm a damn good speaker. I love what I speak about. And I've lived a, a, a good life that can help others. Um, stop being such a, you know what, and get out there and do what you're supposed to do. And so I, I've changed my perspective now. And it's like one of those things. It's like, I'm not scared of somebody saying no to me. It yeah. was, I was almost more scared of somebody saying yes. Yeah. Wow. There's, uh, and this is the resilience piece, right? Completely. It's, it's deepening your resilience and understanding even more through that process, what you're capable of, which can be really freaking scary, by the way, I never, and I getting on stage either. I never, I didn't look for a Ted talk. I was like, somebody came up to me and like literally called me on the phone. Hey, what do you want to do a Ted talk on? The Ted talk was written and like literally in the process of being written when I was like, wait, 
am I, I actually asked her, am I really doing this Ted talk or, or what, like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, cause I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's not naivety. It's, it's literally this following the breadcrumbs. Yeah. And here's the thing. Don't starve yourself. Right. You know, because when you starve yeah. yourself, you're literally going to be starving everybody else along the way. And so when you're handed these gifts, which this is an absolute gift for the world, having you there doing this, it's uh, you're I, I actually think how I look at it is it's more selfish for you not to step into what you right. are. <laughs> and I, uh, and I, right? that's that's a that's a huge statement. And it, it's such a true statement um, because a lot of people don't think that you know, their story, their, their worth, their abilities, whatever it is, is, is worth to having other people talk about. And that right. kind of goes right back to that same old statement of trauma competition. I mean, it's crazy how everything kind of correlates to each other. Yeah. Of when you think about it, like there's a lot of people that don't think their self-worth is, is high enough to be able to be talked about, to be able right. to be conversed about, or, or that would help anybody, you know, but in all reality, if every single person, and I always, I always love this. Uh, think about this from a standpoint: if every single person sat down and thought about two things in their lives that have helped them through challenges mm-hmm. or helped them to be successful, every single person on this earth, and put that out there, what do you think the power of that information would be to be a catalyst for? creating new products, creating new ideas, creating new uh, whatever it is. I mean, that would be amazing. We, we're so fixated on, oh, well, this, this person is the, is the voice of leadership. This is the voice of resilience. This is the voice of this. And it's like, no, not really. Jane Smith, who lives down the street, she knows about resilience. Yeah. But she's never talked about it. Right, right, right. Uh, I, my first client was a professor of a New York, um, uh, university mm-hmm. and she was a psychologist and she, she's a professor of psychology. That was my first client, by the nice. way. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Way to, way to go right after it. Way to go. Like doctorated. <laughs> and I remember driving to her home that day. Cause I did in home. I, I would go to their house and coach mm-hmm. and, um, wow, was I like, what the hell am I being handed here? And can I do this? And all I kept thinking was, and I don't know why this always, this is the vision. And maybe you have a vision too that comes to you. It's cliff jumping is really fun to me. And it's the scariest freaking thing in the world. Yeah. I can do, I can climb mountains. I can go up. I can waypoint. I can do all that shit. I can go paddle with whales and dolphins. I can yeah. have a shark follow me. Cliff jumping. You know why? Because if you fall wrong, your ass is yeah. you're in pain, right? Yeah. You break <laughs> your neck, you hit the wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it can that can suck. And I remember driving up there to her house, and I was thinking to myself, "Look, you've cliff jumped before. You've landed just fine. You got this. You know what you're doing." And you know what she said to me? And it's fun. It's at the same time, it's thrilling. Yeah. You're jumping yeah. off, and you're like, "This is exciting." It's not. Oh, yeah. It's scary when you're standing on the edge, looking over that first moment of fear. And I'm, I'm sure you probably have this too, when you're standing on stage and then all of a sudden you take that step Mm -hmm. and you're working through that. And then you're in free fall and you're like, I got this. I totally, I know how to land. I know what to do. I've done it before. When I got up there and I was working with her on one of her first sessions, she said to me, you know what, Sarah, I may be a psychologist, professor of psychology. You've lived it. I've only read it. And yeah. that's why I'm hiring so you. True. High experiential knowledge. High experiential <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> and and she said, I don't, I don't really care if you've studied in, you know, you've studied in life and there is nothing like studying in life. Here's the difference though. You can have the book. Now this is the story. And this is where I encourage mm-hmm. people to really listen to this. You can have that story, which has been handed to you, sometimes of which has been written for you, which you didn't like. You've been right. handed experiences, setbacks, traumas. You've been asked to go work in places that you never thought you would have to work at 23. The yeah. difference is that you still hold that freaking pen. And so you can go and write that next chapter from all of what you have lived through. Don't close the book and say, okay, well, complete. Like, no, because it's not. Right. It's not. Right. Otherwise, you're literally rereading the same damn thing that was written in your life, some of which we never asked for. 
Right. So there's your. And, and I love your, that. And your, I, your, I always spiel. And I, and I always love that because I, when you think about, you know, a lot of people write, um, I, there's two phrases of this is like a lot of people write their, um, um, their life book in pencil because there's yeah. a race around the end and they want to try to erase previous right. chapters or things right. that they don't like out of it. And it's like, no, write it in pen because mm-hmm. you know what? You can't go back and change what you just did. Yeah. yeah. What you can do is change what the outcome or the management of the future or how it is perceived. And I think that is one of the biggest things when you read past chapters. And I, I always tell, you know, it's, it's funny because it, they say I always don't live in the past. Don't live in the past. But it's like, you know what? You have to. Your brain just does it. Your yeah. brain does it. And yes, thank you. Uh, reading a book, I can understand why it does it. It's amazing. But the biggest thing is, is like, especially for September 11th, I, I reframed the thoughts around it. Do mm-hmm. I still get the the bad thought? Of course I do. But then I reframed the thoughts around of, you know, seeing those people that helped out that had never been a part of any kind of trauma like that or or accident or anything like, you know, anything of that nature, they hadn't been a part of that scope. You know, you see uh, individuals who like uh, when I go to high schools and I talk, I've had individuals come up to me afterwards and want to just talk one on one. And they tell me about uh, what they're the struggles that they're going through and that they've never talked to their counselors about. And you think from the, the perspective of um, when you when you are uh, being a leader, and this is kind of maybe I guess a good transition, good transition. When you are being a leader in your own life, yes, um, you can start to create other leaders. Um, the the leaders that create followers. I, I, that's why I always laugh at social media. It's like I could give it two shits less. How many people follow me? How many people say, "Oh, I like that." Oh, clapping. You know, I don't. I, I really don't care. If if you wanna if you wanna take something from it, great. If you don't, great. If you wanna follow me and then unfollow, I don't really care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm putting this stuff out there because it's something that um I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be there. I'm trying to share my experiential knowledge. And at the same point, it's that I understood like the first time I went into a speech, I always thought I was like, oh my God, I got I've got to impact every single person in here, even the one that's in the back row in the way far corner that has their phone like up uh, against the chair in front, you know, you're, they're looking at it and you know, I get, I get nervous, you know, there'd be people that were engaged with it. And then there'd be, I'd only focus on the people that were not engaged. I'm like, why aren't they getting this? Do I need to change the story? What is it? What's going on here? And then eventually what I came to the point of is, um, and I started a lot of speeches this way. And I said, you know what? I'm not here to change your life. I'm not here to give you, the best advice in the world. I'm not going to give you the magic pill that's going to make you into somebody that you aren't. I said, and if five of you fall asleep, that's great because that's what you needed today. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you, and you just go from there and you say, and now I'm going to tell you my life story. And, and yes. this is, and if you want to apply some of it, great. If you want to deliver it to somebody else, great. That's, that's what this is about. It's being not scared to go and tell your story to possibly, possibly, that's the word, possibly impact somebody else. I flipping love that. <laughs> I flipping love that because that's, that's, you know, I remember my old, uh, my former therapist, she told me, she said, when you're working with people and now we're colleagues, she said, when you're working with people, remember that they may not be there at that point. Right. And the yeah. words that you're saying. Great point. may have a 1% impact that can later on grow into a 90% impact as they're processing it, just like the chicken, truly, truly like the chicken that day, you didn't fully understand or grasp it until how many years later, the impact that that had. And the other thing that is that I, that I point on is that every spot, every moment in your life is a freaking stage. You can have uh-huh. impact wherever you are. I mean, this is a stage, right? Yeah. Like this conversation. And you don't have to be on the stage, the stage, in yeah. order to make impact with your words. And that's, right. that's look, 16-year-olds that are on social media, that's a stage for them. Yeah. And they can, they can do a lot of good if they choose to. Is it some valuable thing? Well, I know. We could go into that, too. <laughs> Definitely go into that, that's, too. That's I, very debatable. I, yeah. I, I go into that. 
it can be though that can stage be. for can good. they can create impact in that mm-hmm. it's their choice right and i, and think, I agree yeah. with you not everybody is ready for it not everybody's no. ready first of all to be you know in the space of sharing and all of that beautiful space that we can step into right hopefully they get there but more so than anything not everybody is ready to receive it's their right. time it's always on their time not ours right and i think you know and, and the other the other part of that is that with the sharing is a lot of people so i've i've gotten on my podcast i've gotten the honor of interviewing four star generals uh wow, navy seals so cool. uh you know olympic athletes all sorts of things and and when you hear their stories it's funny because the greatest storytellers can and can tell a story like you know uh, i won seven gold medals but then the next day i threw up my chicken you know whatever it was yeah like they they can bring it back to a reality because a lot of times when people talk about themselves who are high achievers who are type a's who are people that live in a, in a realm that most people would um only see on television that it's it's that relatability and I think the biggest thing when people are storytellers is to have that relatability of, you know, like when I got the Guinness World Record, I mean, uh, that's not relatable, right? It's not relatable to people. But the, the journey that I took to get that, the 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 amount that it pisses me off that I have to dust it, because that's about all it's worth right now. Um, <laughs> but also the, the 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 trials and tribulations that I went through that whole time of of understanding that in my life in my life pain is something that helps me to understand that i'm still alive pain is something that helps me to realize um my worth which is not which is not a long-term solution i get it a lot of people are probably commenting now um but (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like you you realize throughout your life that there's a lot of different things that apply beyond what the crazy things that you've done um and that is how the impact of of stories come about and it's not just telling the story but it's understanding where that story lies in somebody else's uh world it's so beautiful i love how you have had so many different stories and avenues and trails in your life from <laughs> firefighter to you know <laughs> guinness book of world what is the yeah. what is the guinness book of world records for share that so as most uh, Ironman 70.3, so it's a 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike and a 13.1 mile run. But I always did every single one of the uh, run portions in my full firefighter gear, which is the helmet, air pack, bunker jacket, and then uh, bunkers, the pants. Um, and I ran, uh, I was, I always said that, you know, I was about a third uh, non-dumb and I wore my tennis shoes, um, which was good. You know, that was a, that was a, that was a huge component, but I did uh, 23 of them in one year. Whoa. Yeah. I did not know that. While I was working, I was still speaking. I have my, all my kids events and everything like that. So it was, you know, sometimes I would actually fly and I would um, actually get to the race the day of, throw my stuff in the transition, race the, that day, go back and go to work. Whoa. So yeah, there's a lot of times, I mean, I slept in quick trip parking lots because I, I got to the race early and I was like, okay, I just got to sleep. And then That's I wake up and then I get going. Serious yeah. dedication. Yeah. And I, I had races that canceled. I had races that I couldn't finish. I couldn't finish because of lightning. And there was all sorts of things. So I had to add races on the end of the year. And, you know, my initial was 28 races that I wanted to do. And yeah. And actually my, my record got beat. Um, like two years after by a Marine, he did it in normal gear. So it wasn't all that cool, but, um, he beat me by one and it was kind of funny and everybody's like, ah, don't you feel bad? And he did it for an awesome cause too. And, you know, helping, helping other, um, uh, military with, uh, different things that they needed. And, and it was like, no, I, I, the record really doesn't mean anything. The record was there for the impact, a higher level of impact where people are looking, oh my God, I want to hear about that. I want to want to hear and then i could tell them what the actual meaning of why the hell i was doing it you know that's that's the thing is like a lot of times we have to catch the attention of people right and it's just like 9 11 it's just like the the kids the 16 year olds that you're talking about on on social media and you know you, you look at like um what is that nil the the name image likeness now in the college oh, sports we're starting yeah. to understand that it's not really your message it's your looks and it's like 
you sit here and you go, yeah, we're still messed up as a community, as a society, because we don't grasp the concept that it's not um, he, he, he or she who speaks loudest or he, you, she, or she who looks, looks the best. It right. should be he or she or whoever it is that went out there and did something that you didn't think possible. Hey, let's listen to them for a second. Yeah. I mean, we're still so backwards. It's unreal. Well, we are. And, but, and here's the thing though, is that, is that we're flipping the script, just having this oh, conversation. Yeah. yeah. And the cool thing is too, is I hope, I always hope that it encourages other people to get out and do the same thing and go beat right. my record. I don't give a shit. Oh yeah. I don't I, care. I don't <laughs> care. Go yeah. beat it. If it's going to grow my nails to get the next one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to inspire and empower you to go do it. Awesome. Go do it. Exactly. I, I'm exactly. so okay with that. If oh. I've if I've if I've blazed the trail for you to take one more step further than mine, amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Somebody goes, I want to beat that fireman's record. It's like, hell yeah. You got off your butt and actually did something for Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's yeah. so great. It's so great. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're gonna have to keep doing this. We'll have yeah. to like I don't know. One of the things that I want to dive into is doing LinkedIn lives. And I, I oh, yeah. love that space. I freaking love that space. So we're going to have to like do something like that together. If you would want to, I would love it. Love it. Love um, it. <laughs> and uh, is there anything else that you would like to share with us, uh, with the listeners regarding resilience, leadership? I mean, you've tapped into so many things into PTSD, anything at all. I think there's two things. Uh, one, I have a foundation that we um, deliver bears to children's hospitals. And, you know, for the longest time I, I was, um, I helped out different charities. And um, one of the things that I always focused on was uh, we have, it's called SMILE. You know, it's putting a smile on Charlotte's face, but we have an acronym for that. And it's simple moments impact lives every day. Oh, that's good. And so when we think about it from that perspective of having that smile, having those simple moments, um, I think it's a little more attainable for individuals to go into life and say, Hey, I can make an impact. I don't need to be a keynote speaker. I don't need to be right. uh, in the forefront and anything, but you can make those simple moments. And the last thing that I always end with on my speeches is I always tell people life doesn't get easier. You will only get stronger when you follow with passion and purpose. And that's so it. true. And it's so true. And I think that's, you know, you have to find that purpose. It was such a soft topic for so long. And I think a lot of people starting to realize that it's it's actually the largest topic that we can have because it's the one that drives our brain. It drives our body. It drives who we can be and who we want to be. Yeah. It's funny. I, I posted something on LinkedIn a couple of days ago and I had somebody say to me, I want to have a career that is that comes from my passions. And I read that comment. It was something to that effect. Like, yeah, I want that. And that goes into, we put ourselves out there and we give permission, hopefully through our story, they find mm -hmm. permission. They find their, their own permission through our story to do the same. Right. So look, if there's something that is driving you, that is like your passion, your purpose, go create from it. It's that's, it goes back to that comment of your, it's actually more selfish to not than yeah. it is to do it. <laughs> and far. so, you know, find it, find it, drive with, make that your true north and go yep. have fun doing it. Create yep. and drop, drop your bag, drop your bourbon and find it along the path. <laughs> that really did happen, by the way. <laughs> I, really, I love that. That's a perfect. It really did happen. <laughs> I coming over, coming over <clears throat> to the hardest, it was the most difficult pass on the Sierra High route, which happens to be the most challenging route in the United States. And oh God, we were man. climbing down and we couldn't, you'll appreciate this as a firefighter as well. Yeah. We were coming down the down that pass and I mean, we were creating our own trail and because our packs are so heavy, they're, you know, 45 pounds, oh, my you can't go down the trail. You can't go blazing down it down the side yeah. of the mountain. I mean, you'll, you'll fly forward and die. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm sure other people have done it, not us. And so not with my size, like not going to happen. I know a little <laughs> bit about gravity. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were not literally good. passing the packs down between the three girls. We were passing the packs down and I set my pack on a rock thinking it was stable. Well, guess what? It wasn't. And I watched it. I literally, I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like having this realization of, 
there goes my pack. Well, shit. Like, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Uh, this is like it was like slow mo. It was like yeah. slow mo, right? Non reality. It was not even reality. And at the same time, <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm thinking everything that I need for the next seven days is in that pack. <laughs> yeah. And I'm watching it, and it literally launches. Okay, like Rob launched. It was. It went <laughs> boom, and then I watched it boom, and then I watched it. And I'm like. Oh shit! And it was that third launch where things mm -hmm. start flying out. One red heel, my <laughs> bourbon—literally, my red heel, my bourbon—and I'm like, no, yeah. like you can't do this. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, "This is how my brain works." I'm like, well, don't have to worry about carrying my pack down. <laughs> that was easy. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, sucks to be the other two that still have their packs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys see what I just did? I'm see, trying to lead the path. You're not listening. <laughs> and still, like, I, and, 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 you know, it lands, and there's one yeah. guy down there who was in our group, and, and he's like, you can see his face. He's like, holy shit, you know? And, and he goes, I got it. I got it. And he starts picking things up that had fallen off. And he oh goes, we're good. We're good. And I'm screaming down. I'm like, is it okay? And he's like, we're good. We're good. And at yeah. the same time, I'm thinking, oh my God, I would so love, I wish I would have had that on video. On I video. wish I would have yeah. had a recording oh, yeah. of that. Oh, and, yeah. you know, so I scoot my ass down the side of that mountain and, you know, it was like, I finally was like, I got to get off this thing. So I scoot my ass down, put holes in the bottom of my pants, by the way. And then I'm like, okay, what are we missing? Are we, when he goes, the bourbon, I'm like, I'm going to go find it. And man, like, this is important. From Wisconsin, I'm yeah. like, I can't leave the bourbon. And no, so, no, no bourbon like, left behind. <laughs> rock, there's Talis rock everywhere where you look down, which I can only imagine how this was in uh, in the piles, right? You look down, oh, yeah. and there's, there's you straight down, like you're huge crevices, huge, yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, after a few moments of me searching, there was my bourbon sitting straight up behind a rock literally wow. and i was like and I, it's funny because i had i had had you know my mom had just passed and i was literally having yeah. this this moment but right before my pack went down where i was like man i made a comment to the girls and i said i can't wait to get to camp tonight and start pounding some of this bourbon and i and i and i and i said i said i'm sure mom wouldn't appreciate me saying like, that right Grr. now and so and then, and then yeah. i got to the bottom of that mountain i was like mom please i know it's not it's not much bourbon can you help me find it and, and yeah. then it was sitting straight up behind a rock there was, was like, and i pulled it up and i was like look at what i found and everybody and everybody turned and they're you know and i'm far away from everybody at that point and they're like of course you would find that and i of said course. you know what that's what it is that's the magic yep. those are the moments those yep. are the moments. mom 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 found it for me and taught me a lesson yep, exactly <laughs> well Love that's it. my story and i'm sticking Love to it. it and i appreciate you for being here and we're going to keep <laughs> this you. going and it's so so great to meet you i'm so awesome. thrilled that we are connected appreciate thank it thank you yeah, thank thanks you for, for doing what here. you're doing Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. Hey, where can people find you, by the way? What's your Instagram? Um, they can actually, you can just go to firemanrob.com. I actually only have LinkedIn. Um, oh. just for the sheer fact that I because no. you don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, if you want to find stuff, go to LinkedIn. That's why that's I where I have my all my stuff. And um, it. yeah, firemanrob.com. I've got an academy, I've got a book, I've got uh podcasts, all sorts of stuff that people can just uh, take in and uh, use in their own lives. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for being here. Definitely. Thanks for having me. My friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so grateful to have you here. I'd love to invite you over to sarahschultincrans.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to survivor. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, 
information, or who may need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page. Leave a message in my comments and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you. And as I always say, I believe in you, us, always. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.